it's all very well talking about being real, showing up real, having authentic conversations online and offline, but hey, could we do with a few tips on how? Yes, we could. Hello, I'm Trisha Lewis. This is the Make It Real podcast, and I will be talking to very real people who've had very real experience, mistakes and everything, and they will be giving you those tips. So, stay tuned. So, I've got a massive treat coming up. I am going to be talking to Bob Berg. Let me give you an official introduction before him and I start chatting. Can I just say, if anybody out there has a fear of selling, finds the whole thing of self-promotion makes them feel sick, don't go anywhere. There's a huge amount more value in this episode, but that alone will have you skipping away from this episode feeling a whole lot better. So Bob Berg is a sought-after speaker at company leadership and sales conferences, sharing the platform with everyone from today's business leaders and broadcast personalities to even a former US president, a former one. Bob is the author of a number of books on sales, marketing, and influence, with total book sales of well over a million copies. His book, The Go-Giver, co-authored with John David Mann, has sold over 850,000 copies and, wait for this, has been translated into 28 languages. His and John's newest parable in the Go-Giver series is the Go-Giver Influencer. I have read it. I will say no more other than, for goodness sakes, buy it. Bob is an advocate, supporter, and defender of the free enterprise system, believing that the amount of money one makes is directly proportional to how many people they serve. He is also an unapologetic animal fanatic and is a past member of the board of directors of Fairy Friends Adoption. How about that clinic and ranch in his town? And his town is, well, you're about to find out because I'm about to say hello to Bob. Hi, Bob. <laughs> Hello, Trisha. How are you? <laughs> I feel like I should shout when I'm speaking to somebody a long way away, but of course, that's not how it works. I'm grateful. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. You are actually in Jupiter, Florida. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, it's more or less... Actually, what time is it, Bob? Well, right now, it's just after 11 o'clock uh, yeah. in the morning. It's so coffee time. I know yeah. it's, after, it's afternoon for you. Yeah, yeah, it definitely all my, is. All my mates across the pond. <laughs> my en my energy levels, I've revved up because this is a kind of low energy time of the day. So I've revved them up <laughs> for you, Bob, because I cannot be low energy when I'm talking. I won't be because oh, we are about you. to have some fascinating <laughs> conversations. And in fact, the very reason, the very fact that we're talking together is is actually an illustration in many ways of what we're of what you're all about, what I'm all about. It's, it's, we've sort of built a bit of a relationship. Sure. Yeah. Nothing, you know, we haven't met in person, but the way that we communicate online is that kind of human way. So there's no big disconnect. Right. I mean, I, you know, I, I think online it, you can, you know, people for a long time. So well, you can't really cultivate relationships online. I disagree. Uh, because I don't think the medium is really as important as the people involved. So whether the medium is 
a um, local in-person meeting or it's Twitter or Facebook or LinkedIn or, or uh, you know, as we're doing it here, video, it's really, you know, just a matter of are you able to connect with another human being on a heart-to-heart -heart level and, you know, look for ways to provide value to one another. And uh, I, I think that's really the, you know, the, the big thing. I couldn't agree. That, no, that makes, I love the way you do. Yeah, yeah. Great. Good. Uh, <laughs> I knew there'd be so much little nuggets in here. And that's one to begin with. We haven't even started. So, <laughs> because the, I've, I've read, um, I'm, I admit I've only read two of the series, but this Go-Giver series is just awesome and for those people out there thinking they don't read a lot the nice thing is they're quite small books which just makes <laughs> them delightful and not only that but they're written as stories and that makes them a, a joy to read as well but i i've read uh, the go-giver and the go-giver influencer and i remember reading the go-giver influencer when i was in a shepherd's hut in the field having a lovely long weekend off and it was all part of the experience. So, um, so I recommend you getting these and just relaxing. We cannot, in this podcast, go over every single nugget of brilliant insight that is in all the books that Bob has written. So we're going to go straight in. If we, if we just say Bob and then just say go-giver, all right? Now, now go find out everything you want about Bob and read all his books. But let's hone in on something that I know listeners will be fascinated to have insights on and it is the whole thing around money and the fear of asking for it in other words the fear of selling and here we all are in business and lo and behold we get to that lovely moment where somebody wants to buy something from us and we go to pieces and why is this bob well, I think it it had there are a number of of reasons, some unconscious and some probably very conscious. And first, I want to thank you for the kind kind words mm -hmm. about the uh, the books. I was very fortunate in that I I had the privilege of co-authoring these with John David Mann. And you know, you don't hear as much about John, but uh, he's he's the lead writer. He's the storyteller. I'm a I'm a how-to guy. <laughs> you know, I'm step mm -hmm. one, step two, step three. Uh, John is a an absolutely magnificent writer, and uh, I'm just you know so so honored that uh, he agreed to to do these. And uh, so it, that the the books sing as they do because of John's writing, not because of mine. <laughs> so well, there you go. That. There you go. A perfect living example of um, of a a generous <laughs> a generous approach to life. So Bob is immediately, and you're quite right to do so because no, you're right, John. David Mann, uh, his storytelling skills are superb. But oh. that's what it's all about. It's a, it's a collaboration, isn't it? You, yeah. you, yeah. Actually, before we, before we delve into some, some more sort of geeky bits, how, how did you and John meet in the first place? Well, he was the editor-in-chief of a magazine I used to write for. It was a, a monthly magazine. So, um, and we, we had not met personally at that time yet, but we got to be really good friends just from his editing because his style of doing it um, it was so kind and so humble and, and so generous. So, you know, he'd, he'd write back at, with, you know, well, I made this correction here. Is that okay? And I put this here. Is that all right? And the running, and, you know, not, not every editor is, is like that. Usually they just go through, they cut, they slash, they do it. Right. And he was always so polite about it. But the, the running joke was that I would always write back to him and say, John, not only is it okay, 
uh, you write my stuff better than I write my stuff. <laughs> and, um, and when, when, you know, I had the idea, uh, you know, the very basic idea for the go-giver, um, I, I knew that writing it as a parable, which is what I wanted to do because all my other books were how-to books. Again, you know, I'm a how-to writer. Anyone can write a how-to book. You write down what you know or what you think you know, and you, you write it. I mean, that's, how, that's the, by the very nature of a how-to book. Um, but this was going to be different because it was a story. It was a fictional story, but based on, on principles that are proven true, but, but still a fictional story. And that was not my strength zone, and I knew I could not do justice to this as I felt the potential was. So yeah. uh, I always tell people I, I uh, asked John, and, and when I say asked John, I mean I pleaded with John <laughs> to please be the, uh, the uh, lead writer and the storyteller. That's, and, that's, you know, it was it was just a joy to uh, yeah to work I can uh, the joy comes through actually and and um, I think that's a that in itself is a great example of not clinging on you know maybe as we're growing businesses entrepreneurs you know get quite not not in a nasty way but they can get quite control freaky because they're they're vulnerable you know it's 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 hard and and actually that act of of bringing somebody else in and recognizing that other people have got skills that that aren't your top ones. That, sure. Yeah, you know, that right there. And I mean, I should actually just get you to, to give the basic premise of the book because it's all very well for me going on about it because I've read it. But these people will go out and read it. But for now, just give us the basic sure. premise of The Go-Giver. Yeah, it, it's a great question because it always starts from a premise. Everything does, right? And And really what this is is that Shifting your focus, and this is really the key, shifting your focus from getting to giving. And when we say giving in this context, we simply mean constantly and consistently providing immense value to others. And understanding that not only is that a, a pleasant way of conducting business, it's actually the most financially successful way as well. Uh, not because of any um, you know, way out there, woo-woo type of, oh, just do good things. Good. No, not at all. It, it, it absolutely um, is in alignment. It's congruent with human nature. Uh, you know, when you think of it, when you can be that person who moves from a, a focus off of yourself and on to helping others, onto bringing value to others, onto pleasing others, onto making another person's life better, onto solving their problems, right? Through your products and services and, and the other ways you do so. When you do this, people feel good about you. They want to get to know you. They like you. They trust you. They want to be a part of your life. They want to be a part of your, your business. They want to be your ambassador and, and refer you to others. And, and, you know, everyone, everyone wins, everyone comes out way ahead. And so, so it begins with that, that what we call that other focus, you're focusing on that other human being. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, that brilliant. And I love the way you said it's not, it's not woo, -woo because I, I frequently say that to people about um, what I do, because you know, you, you come up with things like authenticity and various words and you're saying, no, 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 it's not, it's not a whoo, we're all going to just be real here. Um, you know, it, there, there is some quite sturdy facts behind this about human nature and how we right. respond. Yeah. You know, so um, the other focus thing is, is just 
huge. Love that. So, you well, you know, so it, yeah. it's interesting, Tricia. And, oh, I didn't mean to interrupt. I'm sorry. I would like you to interrupt, actually, Bob. Well, <laughs> you know, when I when I speak to salespeople, because I, I speak at a lot of sales and leadership conferences, and I and I, I love doing that. But when I speak in front of a group of salespeople, one of the first things I'll say, and I say this jokingly, and everyone knows I'm saying it in a you know in a joking way, but I'll say, you know, nobody's gonna buy from you because you have a quota to meet, right? They're not gonna buy from you because you need the money and they're not even gonna buy from you because you're a really nice person who believes in what you do. They're gonna buy from you because they believe that they, that they will benefit. They will buy from because they believe they will be better off by doing so than by not doing so. And when you think about it, that's the only reason why anyone should buy from you or from me or from anybody. Now, the nice thing about this, the great thing about this is it means that that entrepreneur or salesperson who can move from that I focus or me focus to that other focus, whose, whose absolute desire is to bring value to that other person's life, that's the person who is much more likely to have that sale occur. But it always begins with that focus on the other person, the focus on the value. This is why we say that money is simply an echo of value, okay? Money is simply yes. an echo of value. It's the thunder, if you will, to values lightning, which again means nothing more than that the focus on the value to that other person must come first. The money that you receive is a very natural result of the value you've provided. Oh, quote 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 i love it uh, i got told by a money coach once we, we did bartering I, I he wanted some help with the presentation and i wanted some help on my attitude towards money this was when i first set up my business and he spotted that every time i said the word money i put it in inverted commas bob how about that i mean there, there yeah. was something going on there i, sure. I was distancing myself yeah, yeah. Why, why do people? But that's it's very, well. It's very natural because you look at the way most people, most of us, have been brought up regarding money, just from the world around us. Okay, uh, I mean, I know it's here in the U.S. I believe it's the same in the U.K. and it. And you know what? It is pretty much everywhere in the in the world. Um, the messages from the world around us regarding money are not mixed messages. They are negative messages. I mean, if you listen to people, if you read the news or listen to it or watch it or you see stories, or you, it, it's uh, the good people are, are portrayed as being poor, but happy and honest and generous and kind. And they're always being taken advantage of by who? The rich people who are mean and nasty and cowardly and have no soul. And that's the message we get. And you know what? It's the, it's the message that sells. And that's why you see it in movies and on TV. And that's why you see it uh, covered in the papers all the time. You know, the, and, and by the way, there are lots of people who do bad things. I mean, that's, that's, that's life. But here's, what, here's what, what doesn't sell, okay? Here's what doesn't sell advertising and attract eyeballs. Corporate CEO treats people wonderfully. <laughs> Salesperson gives great honest service to another person, right? Um, no, you don't hear because it doesn't sell. What sells is, uh, you know, Enron, which we had here in the States years ago. And we had in Tyco and, and the, the bank. I don't know if it made news over there, but the bank that, 
you know, they were, they were selling their customers. They were opening false accounts for their customers. And, and look at uh, the car company over in Europe that uh, falsified their emissions uh, results. Okay, it happens. But those are what's reported. And there's something very human, again, we're talking human nature, that we tend to believe what we're exposed to the most, mm. even if it's not something that occurs the most. Mm. What occurs the most, especially in the mainly free market that we operate, and when I say free market, I simply mean that no one is forced to do business with anyone else. And I guarantee no one's forced to do business with you, with me, or from your, your listeners, okay? Um, the 99.9% the .9 of the story is uh, in order to do really well in business, you've got to provide wonderful, extraordinary value to another human being because that's the only reason why they're going to do business with you, yeah. okay? Not yeah. to mention, it's most people, it's congruent with their values. Most people get in business because they really want to make a difference in the world, yeah. okay? And so... Um, you know, it, but, but that's not the message we hear. So when we hear from birth, whether it's upbringing, environment, schooling, news media, television shows, movies, when we hear about how, oh, if money is evil and if you did this, you did it on the backs of others or, uh, well, you hear it enough and you read it enough and you see it enough and you experience it enough, it gets into the unconscious. Okay. So you have no control over that. Mm -hmm. Uh, now, we do if we decide to have control because we can fill our minds with good stuff. We can question premises. We can check out the facts. We can ask, well, why is this so? Who says this? Where did they learn it? Why do mm. they think this way? But most of us don't do that. Most of us, we live lives and that we're directed by others and we just listen to what other people, right? And, uh, and so, so, so now, let's say you're, you're old. You've been hearing these, these horrible messages of lack uh, and, and negative messages about money all your life. And now you're in a business where you're providing, you love what you do, you believe in it, you're providing extraordinary value to others. And you're starting to have a lot of people who are willing to pay you a lot of money. But now what happens? You're, you're consciously, you're thinking this is great, but unconsciously, and we know the unconscious is much more powerful. The unconscious is saying, but wait a minute. If I make money, it's because I did something wrong. If I'm accepting, if I'm receiving this money, I must not be honest. I must have done it on the backs of others. I must have hurt people to do it, right? Yeah. And that's why we sabotage our, our ability to receive. That's why law number five in The Go-Giver was the law of receptivity. Because yeah. as important as breathing out is, we also have to breathe in. You can't just breathe out. We've got to breathe in as well. And that's giving and receiving, which are really two sides of the very same coin. Now the focus is on the giving because that's how life works. We sow before we reap. You've got to plant the seeds and nurture them and water them and do all that, right? But, um, but nonetheless, when we have brought forth, when we've uh, sown exceptional value, focused on providing exceptional value to others, touched the lives of a lot of people with that, we've, we've placed their interests first, we've been authentic in our way of doing things, then we have created the conditions. We've created that, what we call that benevolent context for your success. And the money comes toward you, yeah. but you've got to be willing to receive it.
Well, do you know, that reminds me, when you were saying that, it reminds me of compliments. You know, I, I often um, talk with people about accepting compliments because we're so bad at it. And it, it, the kind of people that I seem to meet are generally, you know, really nice people. Mm-hmm. Goodness, who knows? They might end up making money. Um, but, you know, they, that thing where you meet somebody and you, you get this, this compliment given to you and the first thing you say, oh, no, no, it was nothing or it was cheap or I got it from a charity shop or whatever. Um, right. And actually, you're doing a disservice to the person that's mm-hmm. just given you the compliment. Yeah, you are. And you're doing a disservice to yourself because again, you're just not receiving. Mm. And and we've all done that. I mean, I think we've all done that. I know I mm. have. I had to get very conscious of, mm. of, of this before I could break that. And now that doesn't mean we have to be a braggart or anything, but it means we simply say thank you. Yeah. It means, oh, thank you so much. I appreciate that. You know, I mean, and that's, and it's like, you know, it's sort of like lifting weights, right? Mm. You, you know, to build your muscles. You don't start with a heavy weight. You start with a light weight. And you work your way up. You build on your small successes. So first, just begin saying thank you. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, yeah. and accepting compliments, or maybe someone uh, offers to pay for the the meal, and so you uh, you don't want to, but you allow them to anyway. If you know, assuming it's the correct, yeah. you know, appropriate yeah. thing, and you build on those successes, and you you know, uh, you you allow yourself to receive. Yeah, absolutely. Small step. That's a really good first small step, actually. Um, mm-hmm. there, it's, in fact, it's all about, you talk about two sides of the same coin with receiving and giving. And in fact, so much is about balance, isn't it? Because that there is, that it feels like you take something like people pleasing. Um, and, and I've spoken to this, uh, especially in the context of imposter syndrome, actually. And people get really annoyed with themselves when they become aware of how much they're doing this people pleasing thing. And I could hear some listeners thinking, hang on a minute, I'm going to be this person that's just giving, 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 doing nice things, all the rest of it. Isn't that going to make me a people pleaser and weak? So there are a few, there are a few, um, concepts here kind of to discuss. The first one I just want to make sure people know is that being a go-giver has absolutely nothing to do with being a doormat or being a martyr or being self-sacrificial in any way, shape, or form, okay? Being a go-giver simply means you understand that by, by again, moving your focus off of yourself and focusing on bringing value to others, everyone's going to prosper. They're going to prosper and you're going to prosper. Okay. So if you're, you know, if you're doing things, if you're finding yourself constantly being taken advantage of, it's not because you're being nice or kind or this or that. It's because you're doing things in such a way that allows you to be taken advantage of. So, and I'm talking about if it's a pattern, I mean, all of us in our lives and 70 to 100 years are going to be taken advantage of a couple of times, but that, you know, that that's life. But, But no, I'm talking about if it's a pattern. Okay, so there's nothing about being a go-giver. For example, some people say, well, does being a go-giver mean you've got to do everything for everybody all the time and never say no? Absolutely not. In fact, as a go-giver, you get very, very successful and more and more demands are put on your time and more and more people are asking you to do things and you simply don't have the time to do all those things for everyone. So as a go-giver, you've got to be able to say no a lot more often than you say yes. However, the way you say no is always going to show that person respect and honor 
and it's going to communicate that that person is a person of great value and that it isn't something personal. It's that you need to be able to, you know, to honor your own, mm. um, uh, your own limits of, of what you're able to, to do effectively. Yeah. So uh, that's the thing. So no, I don't want anybody to ever feel, and when we say people pleaser, you know, the, the word's kind of a, a loaded word because as human beings, we naturally want to please others. You know, who does? I, you know, unless you're a mean person, you probably want to please others. Okay. <laughs> yes. So, in and of itself, there's nothing wrong with wanting to please others. It's when it harms you to do so, that's when it's counterproductive. <laughs> so, I don't want people to think, oh, I shouldn't want to please people. No, I want you to want to please me. I want to please people. But we need to be able to do so in such a way that we're, we're, we're giving them value and that we are honoring our own value. Yes. And yes, yes, yes. Oh, easy. yes. Honoring our own value is a thing that we can so easily uh, get <laughs> lost about. Um, and I think we undervalue our value to others, don't we? Mm -hmm. Oh, I mean, very the, much you know, so. Well, yeah. that's, why we, that's why we sell on lower prices or fees than we should. And we give things away that we should not give away. And we allow people to dictate to us certain, you know, things. That's when mm -hmm. we don't, as one of my certified go-giver speakers, Amy Wells says, when we don't step into our own value. Mm. Okay. It's very important. So, um, yeah, by all, you know, by all means, that's something. Um, and, you know, you were talking earlier about so many people who are entrepreneurs, um, you know, they, they sort of don't like the, I, you know, they don't like that they're, they're selling, right. That they sales. And what I often say is, most people, when you hear them say, I don't like selling, it's not that they don't like selling. It's they don't like what they think selling is. Mm. Because yes. again, when you think of a salesperson, what do you think of, right? The pushy, the, you know, but you know, most really good, successful salespeople are not pushy in hard yeah. sell because people don't buy usually from those those people at least not more than once and often when they do buy they're not happy or they rescind or whatever yeah. it's the people who create relationships and the people who are able to really communicate the benefit the other person is is receiving those yeah. are the people who are the successful salespeople. so now you think about it um, you know, what is selling? Okay. Now some people, again, they think that selling is about trying to convince someone to buy something they don't want or they don't need. Well, that's not selling. That's called being a con artist or a thief. Okay? Yeah. That's not selling. By definition, selling is simply discovering what the other person wants, needs, and desires and helping them to get it. Uh, the old English root, actually, of the word sell was salan, which literally meant to give. So when you're giving, when you're selling, you're literally giving. Now, someone might say, well, wait a second, Bob, I, I get that. But that's, you know, that's kind of just semantics. And I don't believe it is. And here's why. Because when you are selling, and let's say you have a prospective customer or client in front of you, you're in a conversation with them, and, it's, and the result is either going to be they buy or they don't, or whatever it happens to be, okay? You're in the selling process. You're selling. So what are you giving when you're selling? I suggest you're giving this person time, attention, counsel, education, empathy, and most of all, you're giving extraordinary value. So if you're selling, 
That's exactly what you're doing. You're giving, and you should be proud of doing that. Selling is not a necessary evil. It's a necessary good thing. Oh, oh I, can feel, I can feel the sort of sighs of relief from listeners, and, and myself included. Um, I mean, I've given myself these lectures, but you know, th- as you said earlier on, this is a conscious process. When you're mm-hmm. reframing something that is so hardwired, like you were saying, it's a conscious process. You take it step by step. Yeah. You know, I, I love what our friend, uh, mutual friend, Christine Schlonsky says, and I just interviewed her on my podcast. She just said, listen uh, to it. right. Yeah. She said, you know, so many people think of a, you know, the hard sell. Well, yeah. instead of the hard sell, it should be a heart sell. Yes. In other words, two people connecting with each other on a heart to heart level. Yes. And again, it's up to the salesperson to be the person who initiates that and focuses on that other person. Yes. I mean, I, I mean, I, cause I don't, I'm not going to ask you how old you are. What, what a personal question that would be. I'm 61. That's okay. Oh, thank you. I'm 62. I, no I way. A, Boy, yeah. you, you know, we're on video right now and you look a lot <laughs> younger than I do. Wow. You have, you have good genes. I, look, listen, Congratulations. <laughs> I didn't do that deliberately, but hey, I'll take it. Um, you also look great, obviously, Bob, as well. Um, oh, let's just talk about how great we look at our age. No, seriously, I thought <laughs> you might be of a similar generation. And the reason I ask is because, I mean, I was in advertising as a as a first career. And, and so I, at one stage, was doing new business. And, you know, I had what was called the yellow pages back in the day. Yeah. I don't know if you have an equivalent over there. No, that we had the yellow pages. The yellow pages. It's kind of yeah. I I, and, I hardly uh, ever use that term anymore because young kids have no idea what the yellow pages. It's like a directory, <laughs> and you know, so you're going through it. You've been given a lit. You know, go phone all these people. Tell them, you know, that you want to go and see them because you've got this amazing thing. I hated it. I, I, I was young and naive, and I had no idea why I hated it so much. But of course, now I do because. If I'd just gone on there and had a proper normal human conversation and said things like, tell, tell me about your company, you know, what, what's, what's going on at the moment? Where, you know, it would have been great. We could have met up then. We could have had another human conversation. They would have bought. I would not have had to do this weird, totally unnatural thing that we used to do back in the day. Yeah. Yeah, things. This is one of the good things that's happening in the world as it evolves. There's plenty of bad stuff, but this is this is a good thing. You know, the the neat thing is even when you do outbound selling like that now, it's uh, when you have a targeted market, you can really research that market. You can research that company. In fact, it's expected when they hear from a you know a salesperson who is calling to prospect, they expect you already know what they do. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, and they expect that you know enough about what they do that that part's already done. You know, now it's a matter of can you add insight that will help them, you know, improve in some way, however they, however they see, see fit. When you talking about, just as a, a final thing, talking about having conversations with people that, you know, you, you, all right, if, you, if you're a newish business, you perceive a lot of people as being up on a, another cloud in another planet, up on a throne somewhere really high. And, and actually, you immediately clam up in your idea that you're actually going to try and have a conversation with them because you've created this huge barrier. Is there, is there a way to have a different reframe on that? 
Um, you're talking about if this person's a prospective customer. Yeah, but yeah, or at least somebody that yeah might might have some connections or yeah, a prospective customer. It's just that fear when you you place somebody on such a high. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think one thing is realizing that this person is just a human being as you are. <laughs> you know, I mean, it really always comes down to that, and I mm. guarantee you that person has their own problems, mm. their own situations. You know, their kid got uh, suspended from school for mm. fighting or doing something. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah. and yeah. they have their own, right? You know, I mean, everyone's a human being. They really are. <laughs> and, and we all have our own problems. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so that's, that's part of it. You know, <laughs> then I think it's also, and I think this is so key, it's, it's kind of, again, taking the focus off yourself in terms of how nervous you are and just focusing on how can I add value to this person's life? And I think the combination of those two things, but then also, but let's, let's look at it. it still doesn't mean you're not going to be nervous, mm. but what you do is you make the call anyway. Yeah. And what happens is you start to see as you do it, that it gets easier every time. Yeah. And that, and that again, as long as you don't take it personal, if that person's just not interested. Because the fact is, the road to success is paved with no's. Yes. Uh, great, great friends of mine, uh, Richard Fenton and Andrea Waltz, uh, or Andrea Waltz and Richard Fenton, excuse me, um, <laughs> a married couple, they have a, a great book. It's also a, a, par a business parable. It's called Go For No. <laughs> Actually, Go For No. Oh, wow. And yeah, and the, the, their premise is that yes is the destination. No is how you get there. <laughs> and they even say, instead of setting, you know, a goal for the day of how many yeses you get and then stopping there, instead set a goal for how many no's <laughs> you're going to get and just keep going until you get that many no's. And when you do that, you actually get more yeses. But it's not that you have to like hearing no, we're human beings. Who likes to hear someone tell us no, yeah. rather be told yeah. yes, but that's not life. Life yeah. is filled with no's on the way to yes. Yeah. And so as long as we can, we can understand that and, you know, get through it anyway, then when we hear when someone says no, it's not a shock. It's not personal. It's not that, you know, it's okay. That's one no down. And that brings me closer to a yes. And <laughs> when we can do it that way now, you know, we've reframed it to a way that serves us instead of, instead of hurts us. Oh, I knew this would happen, Bob. We've, we've, we've kind of run out of time and, you know, I, you've probably got a few things to do. Um, but, you know, I, I think what we'll do is we won't over give any more. Um, we might be over giving now. There we are. That's another, that's another <laughs> book, The Overgiver. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so, I mean, obviously I'm going to do show notes. Obviously there's going to be all the, the relevant links, but is there anywhere in particular or anything in particular you want to direct people to, Bob? Uh, I would say probably the website, thegogiver.com. And if they scroll down a few pages, they can see where they can get a chapter of any of the books they'd like, all of the books if they'd like, and, mm. and, and uh read the chapter and see if they like where the story is going. And then they can always click through to uh, order if they'd like. 
yeah exactly and and i'll i'll put your linkedin um and and twitter and stuff on the show notes but because you're you're a really lovely communicator on online it it, there is a (laughs) there is no disconnect you here now i'm seeing on video i'm hearing you on twitter you on linkedin you and your you know it's it's all it's all together um very authentic and that's a whole nother episode bob talking about (laughs) all these words that have really good meaning they are proper words value authenticity and yet somehow someone is now saying they're all buzzwords and we can't use them right right well you know they're they're so overused now and sometimes misinterpreted so people have their own definitions that they use and you know it's it's just kind of how that (laughs) is that's a whole nother episode we i I think it's just it just behoves us to keep making sure we do define these words Mm, absolutely always chuck them out yeah um and uh and and you're so good at doing that so we'll we'll wrap up now um almost quite quite reluctant to press stop but i'm i'm gonna have to bob and well i've enjoyed speaking with you 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 make it very easy Oh, that's a huge compliment. Thank you. Bye-bye. My pleasure. Yes! Take action. Try this one small step. In order to sell in the giving way, you need to find out what it is that your potential clients would find really useful. That way you'll know how to give them something useful. So I suggest you go do some research in all the posts, all your connected uh, social media sites and find out what people have got problems with and then set out a little plan to write some posts on LinkedIn or wherever you do most of your communication that are simply about giving value. Just start with that. lot of fascinating stuff you might need some show notes so head over to trishalewis.com forward slash make it real podcast to download those and subscribe because then you'll know when the next episode is available i give you permission to go out and be real and enjoy it look forward to the next episode Never be